Greetings and salutations. It's Friday, November 13th, as I record this episode of Dividend Dose. New and old, young and, well, we'll say wise. Happy to have you along for another installment of Dividend Dose, the ultimate show for dividend investors brought to you by Dividend.com. This is your friend Jeff from Dividend.com. Coming up on today's episode, we've got everything you need to know about the dividend market summed up between your desk and your door, starting with the Dividend Market Minute, Dividend Search Trends, our fan favorite, oh sh- moment, which is the segment of the show in which we look back at some of the biggest financial blunders in history, or just blunders regarding money in history. Then we'll talk some investment philosophy. Let's get to it. Well, the markets can be summed up in one rude word. I'll leave you to decide which word that is. And I guess we can all call this holding pattern while we wait on the Fed limbo or purgatory, whichever you want to call it. I recently described the markets as a seagull in the wind. You, uh, you ever watch one of those birds sort of stay in one spot, flapping its wings once in a while, just sort of not fighting the wind, not being blown by the wind, just sort of going with it. That's sort of where we are. The bird is going to be okay in the long run, and you're going to be okay in the long run. And I know we all want it now. I know, I know. But it's not there. Just remember, 70% of market returns of late have come from dividends. So stay the course. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant now. An educational rant, though. The rate rise is coming. Now, that's not necessarily news to you. When I wrote this script a while ago, I said it's going to come. And here it is. We all know that it's looming. October's surprisingly strong employment report has triggered a complete 180-degree change in the way the Fed have been thinking about when they'll begin to raise short-term interest rates and how how high they'll go. Instead of that, that lower for longer mantra we've been seeing for the last little while, a Wells Fargo report suggests it's going to be sooner and higher. Now, this seems to be a bit of an overreaction, and markets seem to be cowering a bit at this newfound moxie. Now, I'm a positive guy and I love positive people, but one good report does not fix the situation. This job growth spread out over the last three months is still lower by consensus estimates, by a tick, but a tick is a tick. So I'm saying it's not there yet. Despite the strong October jobs report, job growth is no stronger today than it was expected to be three months ago. Yes, the jobs report is a positive beacon in a sea of uncertainty, but Fed speculation that rates can run higher as a result of it puts me a bit on edge. And obviously, you, the market, you, the other investors out there, you are also on edge as well because the markets went very red all week. What has apparently changed is that the downside risks of the outlook have seemingly faded. October's strong ISM manufacturing survey, particularly in the rise in the new orders series, did raise hopes that the slowdown in the manufacturing sector has ended. The stronger ISM report was supported by data within the jobs report, which showed a larger proportion of manufacturing sectors adding jobs in October. Here's a quote from the Wells Fargo report. Our conviction on our call for the Fed to begin raising the federal rates in December has been strengthened, but we do not see the pace or the magnitude of subsequent hikes being significantly greater than before. We do see long-term rates raising a bit more rapidly. Now overseas, the expansion that has been underway in the Eurozone for the past two years will likely continue in the quarters ahead. However, growth in the Eurozone will be impeded by a market increase in the CPI inflation rate. Real GDP growth has slowed in China over the last two years, 
Wells Fargo analysts are suspecting further deceleration, but don't get scared just yet about further deceleration because there's two schools of thought there. One is that manufacturing will slide, but Chinese consumerism will increase. And also the fact that Chinese authorities will have the ability to respond to any sharp downturn that could develop in the, con- in the economy, as we saw in the summertime. India, however, remains strong despite being significantly smaller in comparison to China. There are some good India ETFs that pay dividends. Power Shares India Portfolio, that pays a quarterly dividend, as well as the EG Shares India Infrastructure ETF. That one's an annual dividend. And by the way, we are going to talk about search trends later in the show. But one thing that I did notice in our search trends on ETFDB.com was India ETFs. So there is growth in India. There is some solace there. And some of them do pay dividends. So if you're interested in those, PowerShares India Portfolio and EG Shares India Infrastructure ETF. Either way, stay the course. Flowers need rain, stars need darkness. Rant done. Remember the dividend investor's motto? Invest, don't trade, and always get paid. Time now for the Dividend Market Minute. It's time now for the Dividend Market Minute, where we take a quick overview at the week that happened and the week that's coming up at us, all from a dividend investor's perspective. You can catch a much more in-depth version of this on Dividend.com, written by the one and only Aaron Levitt. It's a good in-depth analysis. I'm going to give you the brief recap Each day this week, it seemed like investors were on edge, as I said previously. The fact that a rate hike is coming has sort of put people sort of mm, on the edge of their seats, let's say. And the market showed that even Veterans Day holiday didn't help. The The uneasiness managed to plunge the Dow Jones industrials into the negative space once again for the year. All of this stems from a rather bullish jobs report released last Friday, indicating that, as I just ranted about, the Fed may increase interest rates in December, turning off the cheap supply of money. Meanwhile, the various pieces of economic data released this week, unemployment claims, retail sales, they were all weak. Pouring gasoline on the week's fire, or the fire sale, I should say, was dour earnings guidance reports from numerous sectors and numerous sector bellwethers to boot, putting a sad cap to the end of earnings season. Add weak data reports from China... And we have the recipe for a very volatile week. Next week, after this week that was a week of losses and a week of red, we'll see another doozy in the markets. While the data will be light, it'll be important. Inflation data, CPI, manufacturing index data, and building permits, permits, let me say that in English, building permits, will be released. Perhaps the biggest event will be the last FOMC meeting minutes. And we could finally see when and by how much the Fed is considering raising rates. On the earnings front next week, we'll see reports from Home Depot, Walmart, NetApp. And that's it from the earnings side. Also, 15 major stocks will go ex-dividend next week. I'm going to just shout them at you. Chevron, Target, Aflac, Microsoft, Honeywell, Thomson Reuters, Whirlpool, 3M, Moody's Corp, Equifax, Rockwell Automation, Valero Energy Corp., Johnson & Johnson, Snap-on, and Prudential Financial. All going ex-div next week. If you want the specific dates, go to dividend.com. Find out what they are. You can buy in first thing Monday morning, if that's how you play your dividends. Or you can stay the course and just expect to get a dividend payout from those companies next week. 
You're listening to Dividend Dose on Dividend.com. Some key dividend news for you. McDonald's just increased its dividend by 5%. This, I guess, shows that the turnaround is making progress. It's been a bumpy few years from Mickey D's as the world shifts to healthier eating. But despite its struggles over the years, McDonald's remains a top dividend stock. In fact, it's a dividend aristocrat, having increased its dividend for 39 straight years. So clearly their push into the coffee market is paying off. Dividend search trends. Dividend search trends. I don't know if you've ever wondered what weird and wonderful things your colleagues and friends are looking up on the internet. I don't know if you want to know what they are looking up on the internet. And they certainly would be upset if they caught you on their computer browsing their history. So, a little window into your dividend investor colleagues' minds. We're going to share with you the dividend search trends. And once again, I should say these are all anonymous. We're not looking at what you, Joe Smith, is doing or Jane Smith. We're looking at where are the clicks going and why. And we try to bring some sense to that. We can't always bring sense to it, but I had a good long chat with Abhishek Guptai, subject matter expert of Dividend.com this morning. And here are the top five. At number five, it's Royal Dutch Shell. This is an ADR with a high yield, a crazy PE of 99, and oil, as we know, has been retesting new lows as of late. This could be a teller of fear, but the price is close to its 2008 lows, so perhaps some of you are seeing it as a bargain. I'm not sure. We never really truly know. But if you think you have a hunch on this, write us either on Twitter at Dividend.com or by email. And I would love to hear what your thoughts on this are. Number four, Southern Company. Number three, Duke Energy. And these two kind of go hand in hand. Duke and Southern are competitors, almost exactly the same financials, their yields, market caps, etc. Both of them are public utility companies. Southern Stock has done very well over the last five years, and both are dividend stalwarts. So, definitely some comparison going on. You know, you look at column A, column B, company A, company B. That's probably why that's there. Utilities, yes, it's a boring business, but it is a reliable business. And as we're watching Fed rates possibly being raised in December, and we're watching a lot of reds, where do you go? Go to the boring and reliable. The complete opposite of boring and reliable, Walt Disney. That's number two in the search trends. Reason being, fresh earnings, strong fresh earnings. And you could likely thank ESPN and Star Wars for that. ESPN did just do a big round of layoffs, cutting a ton of salary, which would probably help the bottom line. Number one is McDonald's. And as we discussed why, dividend increase. Customer feedback. Time now for customer feedback and or customer questions. However you want to phrase it, you can send us both. Write us anytime with questions, issues, whatever they might be. Send them in to me. I love to read them. Please, though, try to make them dividend-centric. I don't care if your aunt's in town and you really don't want her there. I want to know about your dividend-related questions. But send me any of those anytime you want. Today, we're going to look at two. Hi. I tried to get data on Virgin America this morning and add it to my watch list, but it gave me an error. Is your site broken? Well, thanks for writing. No, our site is not broken. But unfortunately, if you query a stock that doesn't pay a dividend, it just looks like it doesn't take you anywhere or takes you to a bankrupt page or just doesn't file your information. That's just something about our site, something about the nuance. We have a huge database. We can't have every market analyst 
opinion in there on every stock. It's strictly on dividend paying stocks. So if you search something on our site and it doesn't come up, that means it does not pay a dividend. On to the next one, Kraft Heinz skipped its dividend. Here's the question, KHC skipped the dividend. I was hoping you could answer a question for me. I have been a premium subscriber for a couple of years now, and I can't find the answers on your website, nor anyone else's. Well, you get the answer here first on Dividend Dose. Recently, one of the companies I own stock in, Kraft, merged with a new company, Heinz, to make the ticker KHC. I was totally shocked and pleasantly surprised when I received a bonus a couple of months ago of $16.50 per share. However, yesterday, which was the 11th, I was unpleasantly surprised when I didn't receive a dividend payout. Thanks. Love your site. Aha. KHC did announce a dividend increase from $0.55 cents to $0.57, cents, which is a good number because it's written all over their ketchup bottles. But they were late in their payment by a week or so. So you may have felt skipped because you probably checked it sort of right when you're used to getting it. But go back, check it again, because they were late with their payment by a week or so. I don't know why. I'm not friends with their CFO or anything, but I do know that their payment was late. So go back, double check. And on the plus side, while they were late, you just got a sweet, sweet bonus of $16.50 a share. That is a huge dividend investing win. And that's why we love dividend investing, because you get these sweet little bonuses for putting your money where you believe it should be. It's like a second job without the annoying tedium of traffic, commuting, you know, small talk, those things. Happy investing. Let us know if you didn't actually get your dividend payment because if it wasn't just late for you, we want to hear about it and we'll discuss that on the show. That's it for the customer feedback segment. Remember, write us anytime you want with any questions you may have about the dividend market and myself or my good friend, Subject matter expert Abhishek Guptai will do our best to answer your question. Oh shit moment. It's time now for the oh shit moment, the magical part of the show in which we look back at some of the biggest blunders in financial history. Those kinds of moments that make anyone in that particular moment say, oh shit. In this installment of Financial Blunders, we're going to head over to NASA back in 1999 while creating the Mars Orbiter. The engineering team over at Lockheed used the English system of measurement, while the rest of the team used the metric system. Um, yeah, I don't need to go too much into detail, but when we're doing calculations for space and machinery, I think it's a fair assessment to say that any miscalculation of any sort is going to muck things up. But when one system is the metric and one is the imperial, oh, that's not good. Anywho, the orbiter was lost to space. Cost of the blunder, 125 million bucks. Uh, that's a whoops in my books, but who knows? Maybe that orbiter will be found two million years from now by some distant civilization, and they'll get a good laugh when they realize or when they look at it and think, why did, this, why did these people or whatever they were use two different measurements on their, their system? Who knows? But that's this week's oh shit moment. Hope you enjoyed. Investment philosophies. We're drawing to the end of the show, which means it's time for investment philosophies. Parting words to aid you in your voyage of dividend investing, and perhaps life in general. I spent a week up uh, in the native reserve of Moose Factory this summer, way up in northern Canada, right in the mouth of Hudson's Bay. Today, we're going to look at some of the native traditions that I learned while I was there. 
and a native way of thinking, which I think applies very well to us here in Dividend Land, and that is always think seven generations ahead. Now, the saying can be attributed to the Iroquois, but it is a very native philosophy in general, and one that I think we could all live by, but especially as dividend investors, we have a tendency to think, what is good for me now, rather than thinking, what is good for me later? Especially when these markets turn red, and there's fear, and there's talk of rate rise, and there's talk of oil retesting new lows. Think not of today, think not of the moment, think 70 years from now, three generations from now, seven generations from now, where is that money going to be? How will it rebound? The markets always rebound and we just go through these tough patterns. So stay the course. Remember, seven generations ahead, good for us dividend investors. That's it for me. Thanks for coming along. If you have any questions, you can shout me on Twitter. Use the hashtag DivDose. You can use the handle at dividend.com. Remember to spell the word dot. It's not a punctuation point. And until next time, have a good week. Remember, proper planning prevents poor performance. Thanks for coming along. <laughs>